Hey yo, what's good? It's your boy Wings and 24 Karat Kev. Hello. And you're tapped into the Take Flight Podcast, bro. Today, this artist made their way all the way over from Perth to 6K. Yes. Just back off a UK tour. Woo! Complete in the, in the building. Let's go, bro. Yes. Let's go. Thanks for having me. Bro, welcome, good brother. Here, yeah. Welcome. Right, bro. The reason you're here. Other than to come and see us fine gentlemen. <laughs> we heard you played a wedding yes, last night, bro. Yes, I got booked for a private wedding and it was a very interesting event and it was sick. It was it was like a gig, man. It was Yeah. We thought it was gonna be very awkward, we, especially with the fucking all the swear words and yeah. some of the song requests were some of my more darker songs. So I was like, man, there's gonna be kids and older relatives, but <laughs> everyone got into it, bro. It was like Mosh pit and yeah, it was crazy. At the wedding, did, was there a point where you played at the um, ceremony, bloodstained nights so as they walked down the aisle by any <laughs> no, chance? No, no, just at the reception, but we did like um, Mr. Nice Guy and Jordan, so some full on. There's tracks, some impactful bro, tracks, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, people like what they yeah, like, bro. And like, yeah, it's a couple of my breakup songs, so it was, <laughs> I was like, oh. shit, how's this gonna go? <laughs> but they loved it, man. Like, shout out Simone and Glenn, congratulations. Thanks, shout for out Simone hey, and yeah. Glenn. Yeah. Congrats to you guys. Absolute yeah. beast, bro. Bringing you over, that's hectic, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it was sick, man. Fun. And um, we went to Newcastle the night before with Draft as well. It was the Cambridge's um, final, final show. Final show. As they're going to shut yeah. down. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. It, yeah, it was huge. So, no, good fun. Everyone looked like they killed it out there too, bro. Yeah, we were bro. just talking about that off camera. But oh, it was crazy. It was pretty surreal, bro. You're just walking through the hotel lobby and you're just seeing like so many different artists and their teams that you, awesome. you know you don't usually see, really. Nah, aim, bro. Even yeah. down here, man, yeah, everyone's yeah. spread out. So it's good to have them all in one yeah. place. No, it was cool. As I mentioned in the intro, bro, you just got back from the UK. Yeah. All right, you came back. All right, I, I got it written down here because I knew I wasn't going to remember. Places like Prague, Helsinki, Oslo. Mm. Very rare for a hip-hop artist from Australia to like, branch out and hit those places in the, the UK, right? Yeah. How was it performing in the other side of the world, man? Yeah, it was mental, bro. Um, so how long was that? It was about almost two months, bro, UK and Europe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the UK shows were a bit mm. bigger compared to the Europe ones, but um, even with the smaller shows, bro, just the energy. Yeah. It was crazy energy. And um, it was funny, bro, like, they'd know all the words and stuff, and then we'll talk to some of the fans after the show, and there's, like, not really any English. Mm. So it's like they've memorised the song lyrics, but besides that, it's um, English is obviously a bit... True. A bit hard, hard to understand for him, so it was funny trying to communicate using the Google Translate and all that. And, um, <laughs> but it was it was great, man. It's crazy and surreal to know that there's people listening on the other side of the world that you know you just don't think that when you're here. You're not like oh, someone's in Prague right now listening to one Complete, of the tracks. Bro. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah. percent, That must be a special feeling as well, because I've always said that. Australian and English is two completely separate languages. It's like imagine <laughs> someone hearing Eats Wire in a song bro. and then they're looking it up on like Google Translate, they're it's like, no results. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like, the slang the slang is very different. It's funny trying to um, learn some of it. We pretty much just watch Top Boy a lot. And <laughs> was, <laughs> was, there any, one. <laughs> was there any standout moments from over there, bro? For yourself? Oh, man. There was a lot. There was a lot. Just... Even at London, I kind of had to like take a second and go, fuck, is this actually happening? Hmm. And like Mike Righteous came and supported, who's like one of my favorite artists of all time. So that was surreal too, having him there. And have you linked with him in the past or was this the first time? I supported him when he came to Perth. Okay, all right. But yeah. um, that was the only time. That was a while ago though, right? That was a while ago. Yeah. And, but we just kept in touch on like Instagram and that. And yeah. just, you know. Uh, you now know, he's supporting you. Real. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean, he just did us a favor. He just Legend. likes the music and yeah, it was sick, man. I'm trying to think what else was another standout, man. There was lots of just stuff, not even at the shows too, just seeing yeah. crazy shit that, you know, we never thought we'd see. In London, saying Big Ben and all that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Did you come back inspired? Because I, I know every time I seem to go overseas, yeah. I seem to come back like ready yeah. to go or ready to man, do something different, de bro. That's my thing. Definitely, but I've been knackered, bro. So I got back on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
stayed in Perth for two days and I was on like Dubai time. So yeah. like the jet lag's been real, bro. Uh, and then two days back on the plane to Sydney. So that's, you know, two hours ahead. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what fucking time it is. Yeah. Right? It's Sunday yeah. at about two o'clock. So work rate <laughs> okay. crazy, bro. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying, bro. Yeah. It's, on you, man. it's been great, man. But yeah, definitely inspired and just want to keep traveling and keep you know, making music and seeing where it takes us. Hey, man, mm. bro. Hey, got to keep traveling for Simone and Glenn. Shout out to you guys again. Congratulations. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so we just talked about, you know, you being able to tour not only the UK, but all these places all over Europe, a lot of places, not so much um, English as the first language and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that's one of the real big challenges for rappers from Australia, taking that next step outside of Australia, breaking international markets and actually touring there. So... From your own experience now, how has that journey been for you and any tips yeah. for upcoming artists to do that? Man, so I think I, I got pretty lucky. So my song Jordan, mm-hmm. obviously when I released it, it kind of went viral in Australia, which was sick. And then just randomly a few years later, people started putting it on TikTok, not even me. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, what the fuck, they're using my song. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all these likes and stuff. But it just, it kind of like went mega viral again. It was like mm-hmm. a rebirth, but international this time. So... Mm-hmm. Man, all these TikToks are just like open up a whole new fan base for me and they all just went down the rabbit hole once they heard Jordan. Like Jordan was at probably, I don't know, six mil, seven mil streams before the TikTok shit. Now it's at like 30 something mil. 37 mm. mil, I think. 37. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, 37 yeah, bro. mil, and that's, bro. that's just because it just, yeah, went on a little viral spray on TikTok then Instagram and it just went mental, did its own thing. So now I'm, I've gained so much respect for TikTok. It's crazy what that can do, man, mm-hmm. that machine. So... Yeah, and I think that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's spread internationally and then, yeah, opened me to that market and was lucky enough, got a booking agent, hit me up and said, do you want to come try this out? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Hey, man. So did you even have a TikTok account at the time it was going viral? Or? <laughs> um, man, did I? I think, so I had a TikTok account and it pissed me off because someone stole my handle. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a, a dodgy one and then, yeah. um, so I made a new one after all that uh, stuff happened and started using that. Semi regularly. Okay. Uh, I haven't in a while, but back then I was like just posting random shit. Yeah. And I, I posted Jordan myself. It didn't do as good as everyone else. <laughs> Someone else posted do you, it. Do you remember what the was the first video that started going viral? Was it just an actual cut down of Jordan? Yeah, like just a normal. Yeah, it, it wasn't just, put over another video. It was the cut. Down. No, it was the cut down. It was like it's always that last bit. The fuck you. You don't know what yeah. it's like. It's, it yeah. starts from there. It's just like the end of the song, pretty much. And they put the lyrics on it and that. And it's always like some depressing pages. Usually, like. Emo hip hop and that it's it's funny reading the comments, bro, because they're like, bro, I just asked for a pencil. It's turned into like a meme. Uh, Every yeah. time I see it, they always say, bro, I just asked for a pencil. Bro, I just asked this. It's, <laughs> it's funny as fuck, but um, yeah, yeah, it was just it just started with that, and then other people started doing it. And did you just wake up one morning and it was like blown up, or did you see it gradually happening? I saw one account do it first, yeah, okay. and it went like really good, and I was that's why I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. He's got all these, like, I don't know, I think it was like over a million likes on it and stuff and views and that. And I'm like, fuck, I should have put that on my account, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I think I even talked to the guy maybe and I got, he tagged me in it or pinned my comment or something. And yeah, and I, I was stoked about that. And from there on, it just kept happening and I just watched it do its thing. And yeah. It's crazy because I watched an interview of yours. It was probably about four or five years old with a lesson. Shout out to him. Mm. Um, and you, you were on there kind of being like, I think Jordan had just been released back then. Yeah. And you were kind of like, man, it's crazy. It's got 350,000 views. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and then you posted on Insta maybe a couple months after that, my first video to hit a million views. And then last year it was like, man, it's on 10 million views and it, it went gold and yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. And now it's 37. Yeah, and bro. And it should be platinum soon, if not already. Hectic. But the thing is, 
with Aria, it's like it doesn't count international streams. Yeah, just uh, local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of them are international streams. So I'm actually not sure where it's at now with like a if it's platinum or not, but it will happen eventually. So I'm, mm. I'm stoked for that. That's <laughs> yeah. dope, man. But lo- long term as well, like the majority of streams coming from international, that again, very rare for an Australian hip hop artist to mm. do. And kudos to you, man, because it, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. And having that sort of longevity in a track, like you were saying, it kind of had this moment when it came out five years later, bang, it's yeah. gone off again. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, and it just proves internet. like a lot of people talk about like, you know, you post a song once when they drop it mm. and then you don't do things to back it up. How many years later was this that it blew up, bro? It's, it's yeah, about about five. Five. I mean, timeless. when it happened, it probably happened like early last year. It started yeah, okay. blowing up on TikTok. So, and I released it like end of 2017. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a few years, man. And I think it's just like one of them songs, though, as well. as like everyone can relate, no matter where you're from. You know, mm-hmm. it's that just emotional, you know, stuff that people can connect to and timeless sound too bro like it doesn't it's like not at that point it, it could be played in 10 years from now and it's yeah. still going to be mm. relatable to everyone For around sure, which man. is dope bro yeah, no. Hell so yeah, very bro. grateful bro it's, yeah when you're writing it you don't you know you don't know what's going to happen with the song with the song 100%. and so it's just been crazy to watch mad mm. mm. and also outside of europe you spent some time in the usa last year mm. uh you got up to a lot of stuff in the usa but one thing we did love was your collaboration uh instagram post with eminem bro how did that uh, <laughs> how did that link happen shout out dtg <laughs> dtg bro yeah, that bro. guy is doing some crazy shit alone he's bro. amazing bro he's so funny and he's like that off camera bro right <laughs> so he's just it's, like it's like he's living that he's just making these multis constantly rapping like that and he's just he's hilarious bro just yeah, very funny dude. Very skilled rapper too. Okay. I don't know if you've actually checked out his music, but he's really good. And so I linked with him through um my boys Mercules and Cripple. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know he's mates with all like, the Canadian crew that we kind of chill with. Um, and that's another story in itself how we connected with them. But yeah, and just went to Kelowna in Canada, man Cripple, and uh, stayed at DTJs and. He's like, hey, let's do a skit, you know, the Aussie stuff, and did it, and bro, it took off. It was sick, bro. That that was funny as hell. <laughs> but bro, why does everyone think we have shrimp on the Barbie, bro? Like, when is that narrative <laughs> no, gonna no, end? When is the narrative gonna end, bro? Never. <laughs> I don't think it will. I've never had a shrimp on the Barbie. I, I told everyone over there. That, yeah, it's know, not a thing, bro. Your no. your link with Mercules, bro. Obviously, you have toured out here. Yeah. Obviously, you've done a song together. Is that where the relationship began, and what's it like now? Yeah. So, um, first time we came to Australia, I was the main support, and yeah. we just clicks bro mm. just like yeah and became great friends he's a really good guy obviously a dope rapper and our music's kind of you know similar in like uh substance i guess like mm-hmm. emotional stuff and barry stuff and oh uh, yeah we just kicked it off bro and met his homie cripple the second time he came and yeah we're still great friends to this day we talk most days really awesome bro. yeah yeah awesome bro that's it uh, um i was gonna save on mercules i saw the video of you guys actually on instagram where you both copy in each other's accent <laughs> the accent swap that was funny bro as that too, was bro. fucking <laughs> hilarious he did all right i'm on with shit <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna lie he sounded aussie bro yeah he, he did, did bro. he, he did, did real well on that one bro you just gotta chuck cunt at the end of it really and yeah <laughs> you got it <laughs> so before we go too far off the eminem thing by the way, for those listening, it wasn't Eminem. DTG is the guy. He, yeah. he replicates yes. Eminem at home. Yeah. Um, you've talked in the past about growing up on Eminem, 50 yeah. Cent and that. Is that what it was like for people of your group, your area at home? Is that what you all grew um, up on? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, mostly in my um, age bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was probably like year six mm-hmm. when when I started getting into hip-hop and my friends actually introduced me to it and it was 50 Cent and Eminem at the time. They were the hugest things in the world. The whole G-Unit era too, you know. That was my era too, bro. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that was it, bro. And then I got 
you know, delved into the rabbit hole and I just had some good friends that just knew everything about fucking hip hop and they just showed me so much stuff, man. Yeah. Went into Tupac, Biggie, NWA, um, shit, everything, bro. Even like some lots of R and B. Okay. It was just that, yeah, that two thousand era, man. It's hard to kind of say what it is, but I guess Eminem and Fifty Cent were the the pinnacle of it at that time. Amen to that, yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, I saw the other day as well, bro. 50 Cent's coming to Australia. Mm. Bro, you had that, you know what I mean? <laughs> no trying, brother. He's doing, he's doing that Perf show? Yep. Bro, he's doing a Perf show. There's no it? better time than now. Bro, yeah, I've, been, I've been every angle. I've been reaching out, man, trying to make it happen. So we'll say, you know, fingers crossed. And Promoters. Yeah. Live, oh, live Nation, like, complete. Yeah. Trust me, it'll cent. be a sick show. We're perfect for it, and yeah, it'll be amazing. Amen, hey, bro. I, I knew you were a 50 Cent at Eminem fan, bro, when you were, you put up that uh, throwback photo of you as a kid and you were wearing a shiny red Dada jersey. Oh, was like, fresh, <laughs> fresh. Yeah, the Dada and the yeah, even the Eminem Slim Shady wear and the Snoop Dogg wear that. that was, <laughs> and Ice, man. Oh, yeah, bro. Those were the days. Did, they, like, um, <laughs> did you ever get a pair of the G6 sneakers, the G-Unit sneakers back in the day? Man, oh, bro. I know I had some... There was some Reebok G unit thing. No, yeah. that was my first cool pair of shoes ever. <laughs> until until they came out, I was like a pay less shoes guy. My yeah. mum wouldn't buy anything. Yeah, yeah. I remember that Christmas I finally got them. Bro, yeah. oh, what G a time. Sneakers, bro. Yeah, they, that was sick. What a time, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, you previously said, bro, just looking a bit back, that when you grew up, you know, you rap, you rapped about like chains, women, all that kind of thing. You know, there was the starting point. Yep, we yep. have this conversation a lot. At 360 the other day was yeah, saying something similar. He, he, yep. he started off by rapping like gangster shit. For sure, for sure. At what point did you realize like, oh, better start rapping about my own shit, the stuff that I feel. And was it a hard switch up from what you were doing? Man, so it was kind of weird. It's like I was rapping in an American accent too. And um, yeah, obviously I was only like 12 or 13, man, when, mm. I, when I started like recording or trying to on my $2 mic. <laughs> And then I got hell sick, bro. I got diagnosed with panic disorder. Like I got hospitalized in that. And um, after that, I started writing more deep shit, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. and then I started also discovering um, Australian hip hop at around the same time. So I was like, oh, I can do it in my own accent, you know. So I started doing that really, and because you know the the popular rappers to listen to at the time were the Aussie ones, mm -hmm. you know, the Perth boys, SBX, and all that. So I'm like, well, I'm a rap like this, and I just kind of. Having that Eminem influence as well, I wanted to rap my life story. That was my thing. I want my life story. I want to tell people what I've been going through. And at the time, it was a lot of shit, you know? So I think that's kind of where it changed. And I did like to fucking bar out too, though. I, was, I love the lyricism aspect of it, you know? So For sure, bro. I just, when I first got sick, I, I was like kind of agoraphobic. I couldn't leave my house for six months. So that, I made like my first mixtape there, but not one that I released to the public. I just gave it to my friends. But six months and just, there was like such a, a time where I kind of started perfecting or finding myself, finding my sound and just, yeah, learning how to be a better rapper. And then, yeah, it kind of went from there, bro. I did that mixtape, showed my friends, like, oh, yeah, it's all right. And then... <laughs> <laughs> just the start, yeah. I started somewhere. Then I met, I started getting a bit um, healthier mentally. Mm -hmm. Started going out and socialising at not even gigs, even like on MSN, I met Misk mm -hmm. and I, I used a rap battle site called Let's Beef mm -hmm. and I met Defect and then we started the Cycord crew from there and um, yeah, made a mixtape together and then I made my first solo mixtape when I was 17, Panic mm -hmm. Disorder, which had Bloodstained Nikes. There you go. And fuck it. <laughs> it, it, it went from, from there, there, bro. Yeah, it yeah. from there. 
This is old school. You talk about MSN Messenger. Yeah. Shout out Crazy. to MSN Messenger. You, know, you can nudge someone and this whole screen just shook. And yeah. Like, fucking annoying. You can just do it constantly and piss And I know yeah. people have talked, to, there's memes of this online, but remember when you actually used to say BRB because you had to go to the toilet or yeah. you had to leave the house three hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Your mum had to use the phone, bro. <laughs> oh, the internet. Turn off dial yeah, for a second. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. And you could have what song you're listening to. Yeah. Uh, but that was, what a good time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it back. You just mentioned just then, um, Panicky disorder. Mm. This was about when you were 14 years old, you said. Yeah, that's when um, I got diagnosed with it. And then I, the mixtape, my first mixtape was called Panic Disorder. Yeah, yeah. We were 17, but yeah. Yeah, so for those of us um, or people watching who don't actually know what that entails, what was that experience like with that, especially at such a young age? Yeah, so man, it was, it was pretty fucked. It's like, it just happened one night. It was after a few drinks. And I used to smoke a lot of weed at that point and delved into other drugs. I was just kind of on the wrong path and shit. And one night I must have just went too hard or something and I was laying in bed and then I woke up and just it felt like I was dying and going mental, like it's hard to explain. It just felt like I lost control of my whole body pretty much. So I got the ambulance and because mum was away, I was, I was with a chick <laughs> and I was just getting, getting pissed in that. And um, yeah, I was like, fuck, I got the ambulance. And it was embarrassing too because I had a chick that was like, I don't want her to know I'm fucking dying right now. Mm. But so I called the ambulance, left, went to hospital and um. Woke up, they had to sedate me and that, and woke up, mum was there. And they kind of said, yeah, it was... They, I don't think they even said it was a panic attack. They said, maybe I just got to... Maybe, like, alcohol poisoning either as mm. well. I think they like, had to put fluids in my body and that. Mm. And But the, from there, it just kept happening. So I went home and then... I think I went to my grandparents, like, a few days later. And I was just chilling. And then it happened again and I just collapsed to the floor. Oh. Yeah, dropped a cup of tea and that and... So they took me to the hospital again, and that's when they said, oh yeah, it's panic attacks. And so I started, I had to go see my JP, and he, he prescribed me like antidepressants, and I think that was just it. For the moment, it was Lexapro when I was like 14. Then I started seeing Sykes and all that, and um, but yeah, it was rough for a while, bro, just panic attacks every day. And that's why I couldn't leave the house. As soon as I'd leave the house, it would happen, and you know, I'd feel like vomiting, and couldn't see friends and shit, couldn't have friends over. Because then I'd panic, and knowing they're there, I'd feel weird. As, you know, mm. it was just a constant, constant circle. And I've gotten better over the years. Like I still, I'm still a very anxious person, mm-hmm. and um, I do get panic attacks. But I've learned a lot of coping strategies and stuff like that. And yeah, it's no fun, bro. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. so is panic disorder just constant panic attacks or more consistent panic? Is that panic the- disorder? Yeah. So it would be like yeah, it's, like a, it's like a. You could also say generalized anxiety is part of it. So it's like constant anxiety pretty much. And then the, yeah, you get a lot of panic attacks. And then like I said, I don't get as many these days as when I was younger. Just, I think I'm, I've just gotten used to it, man. Yeah. But you know, I I am fucking anxious like (laughs) constantly. And you know, I do have medication I take and that. To help out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned some of the coping mechanisms. Is there specific things or it's just things you've learned to help yourself? It's lots of mindfulness and, um, breathing exercises okay. and stuff Sykes have taught me pretty right. much and um, also medication yeah, okay. when, when needed yeah yeah. but I don't try to, I try not to have it too much because I don't want to you know have to rely on it but that's kind of the problem too that's kind of why I drink so much mm. because that's when I don't feel anxious feel normal you know so it's kind of like two devils it's like should I just take the medication more but instead of drinking you know but I don't want to do that either I don't want to get hooked on you know Valium mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I just try to keep it minimal and 
And so, <laughs> also, when I can. <laughs> hey, man, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to you, man, because I, I did see an interview that you said, you know, there's one point in your career where you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to fly interstate and do a show. Bro. And now you're flying to fucking Helsinki and man. Oslo and man. 20 hour flights or something. Yeah, yeah. bro. So I've, I think it's like 46 flights now in the last, since August. Jeez. Take flight, <laughs> but, but I'm still I'm still an anxious wreck every time I get on the plane, and that's when I do have to have my meds. But once I'm in the air, I'm usually chill. Okay. It's just to take off and knowing that I'm going to be trapped in this thing for a few hours, you mm -hmm. know. In bloody where were we? Um, Prague or something? I, I, sorry, I forgot where, but. That's right. Tiny plane. Wow. <laughs> it was the smallest plane we've ever been on, man. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but it was only an hour, and it turned out fine. Well, at least you've, you've pushed easier, yourself yeah. to do it too, you know what I mean? It's and easier when I've got people with me too, like the boys. I'm like, we're going down, we're going down together. Hey, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boys. He's <laughs> like, oh, not me, bro. Come on. We want to stay in the air. But yeah, no, no it's same thing. I've learned strategies on the plane too. Okay. I've got like, things I listen to and to keep me chill. And once I'm halfway, and I know we're like halfway there, I'm like, sweet. Let's go. That's really important, man, as well, because I know that when I feel anxious about something, I do have, you know, those three or four safety people that I do mm -hmm. go to, and they're just like, you know, just chill. It's, everything's going to yeah. be sweet. And it's really important to have that network, man, especially in music when things can be so fast-paced and everything, and you're, you're away from home, and you might not necessarily have your mum or, or your sister or your brother there, you know what yeah. I mean? Just to have those friends there is really important. For sure, bro. I had a few moments where I was like overseas by myself, and I... It would hit me like, fuck, I am so far from everyone. Mm. You know, something happened right now. But my psych actually said, she, you know, I've got these like reassurance things. It's like, wherever you are in the world, you are safe, pretty mm -hmm. much. There's always good people around. And if something happened, they're going to help you. So worst case scenario, you go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I guess worst case scenario, you know, something yeah. happens and you die. But <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I try not to think of that bit. I mean, you, go, you can go to the Preventing hospital. Preventing that, 100%, right. bro. Yeah. In Dubai, I stacked it on a sandboard. I was like, oh, no. And I was like, I almost knocked myself out, bro. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have to go to a bloody hospital here. Uh, and I was freaking out. And then I Googled it. It was like the best hospitals in the world. I'm like, I'll be right. I didn't even sweet. go to the hospital. But if it gets worse, I'll go. <laughs> It'll be sweet. Yeah. Nah, bro. So it's good to know. You know. Um, another thing you said about the panic disorder is it did make you want to stay home a lot. Yeah. And we've heard in the past or you've talked about in the past how, you know, that's how you got in touch with hip hop. You started making some stuff. Yep. Um, although at the time it would have been a difficult process, obviously, wanting to stay home. Do you yeah. think it did help out like with what you've now become? For sure. I mean, it's kind of made me obsessive with rap. Yeah. You know? It's just like a... Because the OCD stuff kind of falls into the panic too. Because mm -hmm. you, when you're anxious, you're just anxious about everything. Because you, you, it's, you know, over anxious. So you're like, if I don't touch this three times, something bad is going to happen. Okay. But it's also kind of turned into a gift with rapping because I'm so OCD with it. Every lyric has to kind of connect properly. And yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, staying, <laughs> staying at home for six months and it kind of, it just turned into my obsession, bro. So it definitely helped me um, become the artist I am. And when I write, I don't know, man, it's just like a, yeah, an obsessive thing. And that's why you can wrap your ass off, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's yeah, it. Like, it's a fucking, yeah. It's like, that's why I'm saying I just released a song called Tell Me Twice and I kind of talk about it at the end. I'm like, I know it's mostly a burden, but I know there can be a healthy side mm -hmm. because I can use it to my advantage in some as aspects, you know? Hip-hop in general? Or, yeah, yeah. In, in, in rap, especially the OCD part. Yeah, okay. And just, yeah, just, it's not even just hip-hop, just like... um. I wouldn't say succeeding, but no, that's right. like having that drive to 
that drive to succeed and 100%, guess, achieve achieve something. Yeah. yeah, it definitely helps with that. Does being able to make music like help you with all these little issues you've had along the way as well? For sure, for sure, man. As a lot of people don't have an outlet yeah. where it comes to music, it's and you like, can put everything you've got into it. To be honest, it's like my mic's my therapist most of the time, man. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, and the rest of the people get out there to listen to everything yeah. you put out, bro. And look, they're there to relate and love everything you do, bro. And I'm sure along the line, they've yeah. helped, a, like you've well, helped a lot of people. And bro. I was gonna say that's what's helped me a lot too, bro. Like knowing so many people do relate. Some of the stories I hear, you know, it's just like fuck. That's just like my shit, you know. Mm-hmm. No, knowing you're not alone in it. Yeah. I think that was a huge thing when I was young. I was like, am I the only person like this in the world? Mm-hmm. Have I just lost it completely? And now I know there's so many people that mm-hmm. go through similar shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel less alone and makes them feel less alone. So, yeah, it's been cool, man. It's like a big family wherever we go now. And yeah, yeah. It sometimes it just takes talking to people. But the, the issue you could talk to, the, the, the mm. good thing is you could talk to now yeah. millions of people, bro. And you have. For sure, bro. You have. And that's why we called the crew the psych ward, too, because the fact as well, he's kind of got some mental stuff. And mm-hmm. most of the crew does, bro, whether it's addiction or their own uh, disorders like bipolar and that. If you know, I won't go into it. I guess they can talk about it. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's why we called it the psych ward. It wasn't just like a gimmick thing. It was like we all have Something. some stuff going on and we all kind of have similar shit we write about. So that's why we called it that in the first place. Fair, bro. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Talking about your interactions with fans, um, there is, going back on Jordan, there's that great video that you posted when you played it live. And I just remember, like, the people in the audience, they were like, just so entranced by the whole thing, but it was kind of like a mosh pit kind of thing as well. But at the same time, it was a really kind of good paradox mm. there. And are there any fan interactions that you've had that like just genuinely just stick with you to this day? Because I know that you've done some mental health workshop stuff as well as kind of like in a mentor role. Is, is yeah. there anything that's really, really stuck with you? Oh man, yeah. So there's been a, a few crazy, crazy experiences, but this one's a happy one. It turned happy. So. I won't say names or anything, mm-hmm. but this one fan was on my. She messaged me on Facebook, and she was about to kill herself. She was sending me photos of her with like the the noose and all that. And I was like, "Fuck! What do I do in this situation?" Mm-hmm. So I hit up. I found her sister on Facebook, and I hit up her sister. And she's like, "All right, I'm gonna go sort it out." And she's like, "Yeah, we we found her. It's all good." And I was like, "All right, good, good." A few a year later or two, she came to a gig in Cairns and was looking so happy, happier and healthy and just kind of said thanks and that, and that sucked with me, man. Fuck that. And just, man. just seeing from where she was in that message to her at the gig looking much happier, yeah, that was that was a moment that will stick with me. Hey, man, bro. She came with her sister too, the one that... Oh, what a story, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. Did it take you long to find a sister? Was that an instant thought you had? Like, because this I is went, a panic of a time, I went I'm sure. into the, um, the friends list and looked up the surname okay and then that's how I found the sister yeah I don't know if I knew it was the sister at the time but okay. I just found someone with the same surname and messaged them wow. and kind yeah, of said wow. you gotta go help you know well that's lucky wow, bro man. smart thinking too on yeah. your behalf yeah, to be honest thinking. man because it really does put things into perspective because like you were saying you know Jordan's about to go mm-hmm. platinum you know you're doing all these world tours and stuff but that's just something you can't even quantify you know what I mean it's just such an impactful experience you couldn't even quantify it in terms of streams or mm-hmm. whatever man. it's just like a a, yeah. a, a real intense like for sure bro and we've had similar things like that too and it's just every time it's just mind blowing you know and sometimes overwhelming it's like I feel I'll get worried like fuck what if I don't check my messages and something happens you know but you can't just live on messenger you know so but yeah just anyone out there though if I can if you're thinking like that just know there's other options and yeah things can get better like I said with the the, the you know the fan I saw a few years later and yeah, 
Beautiful, bro. 100%. Big message. Big message. Um, bro, we took a bit of a deep dive into music the other day. Why not? Um, your song- <laughs> Why not? Why not? We had to, bro. You're making your way from Perth. We had to have an even bigger listen than before. Oh, On your song, Dad, bro. Yeah. Uh, you express your resentment towards your father. Yeah. Mm. Kind of. You also question yeah. you know, whether his genes are going to make you end up like him throughout the song. Yeah. That's the vibe we got from it. Something you briefly touched on in Jordan as well. Yep, yep. Um, how have you handled having those complex feelings towards someone as close as your family, bro? Oh, man, well, yeah. So my dad, I don't really know him, you okay. know, just like probably met him a few times when I was young. Mm-hmm. And the memories I do have of that were kind of fucked up. I remember him like, as I mentioned in the song, Dad, he kind of just showed me like, do you remember Rotten.com? Yeah, yes, I do. He just, he just pulled that up and I'm like a kid and he just showed me photos of dead bodies and oh. shit. And he was like a journalist apparently or something. And he was telling me how like he was like, you know, overseas and people trying to break in his hotel and he shot him in that, which is probably a load of shit. Mm-hmm. But just tell him it is shit you don't tell a kid. Mm-hmm. And then one night I heard I was out there and he was in his bedroom with his new missus or whatever. And I was, you know, just a kid and I thought I heard gunshots outside. So I'm freaking out and I'm trying to like wake him up and um, he's just locked the door and that was, you know, it said go to sleep, whatever. So I called my mum, she came and picked me up and that was the last time I saw him. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, after that, just like, he wouldn't try and make any contact anyway. He'll just like send an email on my birthday, just happy birthday, love dad. And then one year he fucked up the date. <laughs> so I replied. And I said, oh, fuck you. And I think this was after the dad track. Okay. And I was like, yeah, fuck, you don't even message me anymore. You know, you just message him once a year anyway, so what's the point? And he's like, oh, if I raised him myself, things would be a lot different. And starts saying that he'd be a better parent than my mum. And I'm like, you dog, nah. Mm. So, yeah, he's just disgusting in my eyes, man. And, yeah, so that dad track, I've actually got a track on this new album that touches on it because I won't give too much away. That's not... I won't give too much away, but one thing is he's got two other kids that I've never met. Okay. But, yeah, which so I kind of delve into that. So there's more to the story. There's Yeah, there's more to the story that I haven't really touched on. Okay. Yet. But, yeah. I'll let the music do the talking for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but it's all good because oh, I, yeah. I feel like I've got my mum's side. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. My mum, yeah, means the world to me and... I can't fault them at all. So shout out to the mums out shout there, including complete mum for sure. And shout right? out, shout out to any single parent that dad's too doing your thing. Yeah, yeah, facts, bro. For sure. So that track came out. I think it was over ten years ago now. Um, yeah, that was one of my early ones too. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess in the track you had you know some very kind of aggressive feelings of, of yeah. wanting to handle it physically and things like that. Yeah. So since then, do you think your kind of like viewpoint has changed at all or you've, or you've learned to kind of handle that part of your life differently or? <laughs> so um, the song will probably <laughs> sound different, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just don't. Being able to express it in the music, mm-hmm. that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to meet him. I don't need to say anything to him. I don't care about any, you know, I'm not going to fucking... If I saw him, I wouldn't go up and punch him. I'd just ignore him and keep walking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, now I'm older, I don't let it try affect me that much. Awesome. If it does, I'll write about it and then... Push it out. I've got other issues, man. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% push them to the side yeah, if you yeah, can, yeah. bro. 
All good, yeah. Um, bro, you just talked about Tell Me Twice just before we talked about Dad. Yeah. Bro, that's your newest video, I think. That was your newest video? Yep. Bro, yep. I love that video. Thanks, right? I love the you fall into the pool, yeah. kid under there, you pop them back out of the waves. Man. First of all, can you talk us a little bit about that video? Bro, that, that video was so hard to film. Those ocean shots, man, it was oh. crazy. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Uncle Sam, Drop Shot Media. Like that, that um house was, that was an easy part. Mm-hmm. And going in the pool when the kid, he killed it. He dressed up like me and all that. But um, yeah, and what we did, some people haven't even noticed. We got so many Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm walking to the pool, mm-hmm. everything's crooked and shit around the house. And oh, I saw dirty. that. I noticed that. Yeah, and then at the end when I walk back, everything's so fixed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And Never there's just little Easter it. eggs. Yeah. But um, yeah, the ocean. So we tried to do it that night after the first shoot. And we, we went there and it was just too dark. So we went to a different beach and there was just rocks everywhere and the lights were falling over. A light broke. My bro stacked it <laughs> in the ocean. It was just rocky as fuck. Uh-huh. It just wasn't working. So we're like, it's like 4 a.m. now. We're like, fuck it. Let's just come back another time. Came back another time. Another light broke, but <laughs> we got the shot. <laughs> you got it? Yeah, yeah we finally got it. It was just in the ocean and just getting hammered, bro, by all these waves, mm-hmm. hoping sharks aren't in there. Because that, bro, it was. it's like... Midnight, <laughs> and yeah. we're just fuck in, sharks in Perth, you know the Perth water, and um, but yeah, no, it was worth it. You got to do what you do for the bro, show, bro. <laughs> video came out hectic, so this is the point of this little bit, bro. I love your videos, bro. Thanks. You put a whole lot of effort into not only the video itself, but the ideas behind it. Look, even the little things like the crooked bits on the wall, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a lot of thought process between that. Um, Jordan, obviously, yeah, move over, you know, even the little bit in move over, that little lag bit. I was looking through the comments lag today, bit, yeah, everyone's yeah. tripping out. Like, <laughs> I thought my I thought my internet was fucking yeah, up, I had yeah. to reply. That was hilarious, but bro. you have so many videos that you just bring something different to, especially yeah. the, there's so many videos out there now that are just the same repetitive, you know, mm. this and that. So, you got a sure. little story to each one, which is mad. Totally. Do you have a favorite one or two, bro? Oh. Man, move over. I really like the video because mm-hmm. we just did so much different stuff, and that was some of the most planning we've ever done for a video. We had to get the plane and mm-hmm. just put a lot into it. But yeah, that um, yeah, move over is probably my favorite. Rose has turned out good. I really like simplistic videos, mm-hmm. but with a little twist to them, like something creative. Even the Jordan thing, very simple, but mm. doing this one, you know, and it just makes it so much more impactful. I don't and the wide shot as well. Yeah, the and the wide shot is crazy. And it just shows you like what's really happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he's just by himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got a good team, bro. Like Sam, actually Cortex filmed that Jordan video, but mm-hmm. most of the stuff I do now is with Sam and we just sit down and we're, we just write kind of like a script. And, you know, yeah, he's a genius and I love having my fingers on all of it because I used to do a lot of – I used to edit all my videos. Okay. Yeah. Not so much now. (laughs) (laughs) Sam will do the Sam will do the main edit. I'll come in and then we'll you know finish it off together. But um, besides that, Dutch Courage was a cool one too. I really like that where we set up like the call center Mm -hmm. just in my studio and yeah went to the phone box. I think that looked it just looked like cinematic and. Mm Yeah, I don't know. I don't know and just quickly, when you're talking about Jordan, when, just a random thing yeah, yeah. that I had. When you were writing Jordan, did you have the idea of this video in your head and how it was going to go about as you were writing it? I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew, yeah, I knew there'd be a conversation with myself somehow, but I don't know if I was I already knew I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. But when once the track was done, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And man, we actually spent like all day trying to get into this fucking factory to set up the shot. And it just, we couldn't get into this abandoned place, this abandoned factory. Mm. So it got nighttime. We're like, what do we fucking do? We, you know? And we just found this underground car park in the city and just did it. And 
it just turned out perfect. And that's funny, bro. Sometimes with videos, it might not turn out how you expect it, but sometimes it's for the best. Like you might not, might not find the perfect location, but you'll end up at the perfect location somehow. Mm-hmm. It always seems to happen like what's meant to be will be. So I try not to stress too much with videos. Now, if something goes wrong, you know, because it will turn out how it's meant to be and usually it's for the best. And look at that. How many millions of views later, exactly, bro? How bro, many millions exactly. of views later? I can't imagine Jordan being shot anywhere else now, yeah. you know? that Just finding that spot was perfect. For sure, man. Yeah. I love the fact that, um, you know, you're so hands-on with your music videos as well. And, and me and Wings have talked about these heaps. It feels like, especially recently, as, you know, hip-hop has popped kind of like, uh, you know, since 2019, that kind of era, um, it's kind of reached a new level of popularity. I feel like the music video budgets are getting bigger, but the ideas are getting worse. Mm. And it's like, generally, it's like people are so focused on like, you know, these really high productions and whatever, but at the end, it's like really kind of like the concept. And sometimes the concept can be so simple, but it's so effective. Totally, bro. I don't, have you ever seen that one? Shit, I don't, I forgot who did it, but, oh, bro. From here, outside? No, nah, in America, and they were saying, there's like notes to it from the director or the producer and the editor the whole way. He's like, we're meant to do this, but the, like, the artist never showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one? Who was it, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 50 Cent and Chief Keef did something similar. Yeah, right. For um, Hate Being Sober, Chief Keef just didn't rock up, so 50 Cent just dropped the video eight years later without Chief Keef in it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that, that's something a, like that. But I, I know hilarious. which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was just genius, bro. Like... They had a huge budget for the video, all this, and um, man, I'm spewing. I can't remember the name. If I do, I'll try comment it. Yeah, send I, it through. There, put yeah. it in the comments, bro. But it was just genius. They just turned it into. It was meant to be a huge budget video, and they just turned into this is what it was meant to be. Yeah. But we couldn't do it, so this is what you get. Yeah. And they just thought, yeah, it was it was really smart, man. Oh. So I mean, just a just a fresh idea. Like yeah, at the end of the day, it, if you know. have a, if you have a quarter of the budget, but a fresher idea, exactly. you're it works. you're winning. That's <laughs> I think they ended up like not really spending fuck all and. Yeah. Mm. It just it's got so many views because of that now mm-hmm. you know outside of the more serious subjects and videos and songs you do you also you know have a fun time with some lighthearted ones yeah, you, know, you had a Pokemon Pokemon, Pokemon Go track Pokemon, Pokemon Flow, Flow. Yeah. go viral yeah bro um, you also you know even a job seeker bit of comedic yeah. value to it well, that's it. As I watched it, bro, the first thing you do when you walk in is eat a Mentos with the packet still on. Why? <laughs> Why is the packet still bro, on, bro? I, I was just taking the piss. I, I, don't, I, don't, I think I just saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing I noticed, though. So that was hectic, bro. That's funny, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. Growing up on Eminem and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I love having the comedic aspect as well. You know, it's fun. You got to have fun with it. Uh, yeah. It can't just be constant depression. <laughs> it's got to, you know, you got to, yeah, I like to just have fun with the words and, so you know, even from have talking a joke. to even from talking to you, I feel like it shows the two different sides to your personality yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also think what you said about Eminem videos, but also uh, shout out two artists, Ludacris and Nelly. Their videos were just they just seem Fire. so fun all yeah. the time. Right? Like Ludacris in uh, stand up when he has the giant arms and he's at the yeah. yeah I was right. about to say yeah. that. Yeah. Like these videos yeah. are so funny. Like, yeah, that, and that was sick back. Then. I think he might, he might have been like one of the first to do that. Where it's he actually just did an interview explaining that video, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking interesting. I f- it might be on GQ or something, Assassin. but yeah, it, it's funny. Um, he, he said himself, he's like, the video they did it and it, he didn't like it. It was boring, and then so then they did the they added the effects. arms afterwards. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, things just happen, yeah. bro. You have a random thought, and yeah. look yeah. what it turns into. He said something like that. I won't go, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, pretty interesting, man. Yeah, How- and rappers out there, stop. 
try to be so serious and tough all the time. Just have some fun and get some giant arms in your video. Eat Mentos with the rappers on. Those little things that stand out, bro. How do you balance those two sides of artistry, bro? Because you go from intense personal life songs, bro. Intense. You know, to comedic things that I'm sure make hundreds of thousands of people smile now from the amount of views we see. Yeah, man. I mean... It used to be easier, to be honest, bro. Yeah. Now it's kind of like I've got to find more of a balance. Mm. I did a song called Oblivion mm. last year, and it was kind of like just a, yeah, just a rapidy rap, talk shit track. Mm-hmm. And I dropped it, and I thought it was pretty fucking good. But I didn't realise I've got such a new fan base now and lots of people that discovered me through my deeper stuff. Oh. Mm. So they said, oh, what the fuck's this? And they don't know, like, years ago. I've been doing silly tracks for years, you know? Yeah. So I was like, fuck. But in that too, I listen back to the track. I'm like, I, this just has no substance. I'm just talking. I'm just rapping, you know? Okay. So now I'm like, you can still do that, but you got to have a bit of substance as well. And yeah, find that middle ground, you know? I like to, yeah, wrap your ass off, but still, you know, have something to say yeah. and make more of it. That's one thing that pissed me off about Oblivion. It didn't really have a concept. Okay. So even with Job Seeker, mm-hmm. at least they had no concept. It was just a rap song, and I'm like, uh, back then I was like, this has no fucking concept. We'll make a concept out of the video. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with Job Seeker, the track, mm-hmm. but we made the video about about seeking a job. So now that's what it is. Yeah, facts. Turned right. it into a, a concept, you know. And I think that's the problem with Oblivion. It has no concept, and it, it was a good learning. Uh, a learning time for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. You just mentioned about like, you know, your fans have blown up and come, I guess, to From Jordan and then other serious songs from yeah. there. Has that changed the way you go about writing new songs and even this new album coming? We'll talk about nah, the album in nah. here. No? Like, the one thing was the Oblivion thing making me think, okay, okay. it's just like, yeah, put more effort. If you're going to do like that, I should have I should have put more effort, even though I just like, all right, big video, just make it look mm-hmm. cool. And looking back, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's got no. It's not. It's got no replay value, really. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't. Know. I don't know. Some people do like it because it's just rappy rap rap. Some people but, like rap raps, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. But I, I think now I just like. I just. I just remember to put more effort, even when I'm doing those songs. Like, yeah, make it more interesting. Like you said, and learning. That, and that's curse, the only bro. thing. But besides that, I'm not going to stop doing silly songs just because, mm. you know, some because some people do like my silly songs, and you know, lots of them do like the deep stuff, but. Mm. It's just having that medium. I'm not going to do an album full of silly songs. I'm not going to do an album full of mm-hmm. deep shit. I'm just going to do what I want. Hey, and I, you know, and I think people will connect with that, you know. As long as you're keeping it real to yourself, then yeah. that's all you can do. I interviewed um, a, model, a model technique. Like, this must have been fucking over 10 years ago. And I asked him the, a kind of similar question because you know how people, a model technique, uh, Jenna Mitrix fans back in the day, you know, they were so serious about, like, real hip-hop and this yeah. and that. And I said, how do you feel about that, that, you know, your fans write so hard about real hip-hop? And I think at the same time, early 2000s or whatever, you know, there's a lot of the bling-bling kind of hip-hop yeah. going on as well. Yeah. And, and he said, look, like, I do my style of rap, but there's a time and a place for all different sorts of hip-hop. For sure. You know, we can't be fucking just militant all the time you know what I mean yeah, we yeah. can have fun and just party sometimes too and I think that's a really important message totally man I agree yeah True. there's room for everything <laughs> and as an artist you shouldn't just stick yourself in one pigeonhole you should be able to explore and do what you want 100% big facts bro that's what one thing I've always said about rappers that in Australia that rap in American accents and there's always the debate of that being fake and stuff I think it would be faker if they stopped because people told them to yeah, that's true. So I think them doing it, if they're doing it because they enjoy it, then they're being real to themselves. So if I can let them, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. But, um, and you know, some people prefer listening to an accent like that too. So 
Fuck it, bro. You're the artist. Do what you want. There's a different opinion because that's a really interesting way to put. I've yeah, never thought about yeah, it. Yeah, and way. like many people don't yeah. talk about it like that these days because the the debate is really divided. But usually it's drop the accent. Yeah. That's that's usually the final. But you know, well, you're that's right. it. if I tell them to drop it, then they do it. Then they're being faked themselves. <laughs> True. Just listening yeah. to me. Hey man, like we need a difference of opinion. Facts. Like, my mind is <laughs> yeah. Facts, Don't bro. backflips right now. <laughs> oh. Importantly, a uh, very important question we we we've got to have answered on the podcast. Um, has your beef with McDonald's been squashed? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe with McDonald's, but not pickles. They can fuck right off, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like over here, it's the McFlurry machine never never works. Bro, oh, bro, that's, ice cream too. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a thing now. Just after seven PM, there's no ice cream or milkshakes. Do you know anyone that's worked at Macca's and told you why this happens? Because it can't be broken every single <laughs> no, time. It, it can't, bro. Yeah, it's, it can't be. it's always maintenance, but I think that, I don't know. I don't know. We need also, while we're talking about scoop. it, bring back crunchy McFlurries. I don't know. Uh, they don't have crunchy here. They might have it in Perth. They don't have crunchy nah, McFlurries here. I don't think we got no. No. Anyway, <laughs> bring back crunchy McFlurries. Sorry, bro. But yeah, still KFC over Macca's any day. Oh, here we go. KFC, sponsor the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another very massive move you made uh, earlier this year. Big congrats to you. You started your own uh, imprint, Move Over Records. Move Over Records, yeah, yeah, yeah Move bro. Over, Move Over. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. it, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats for that, man. And um, so how did that come about and what inspired you to kind of uh, delve into the label side? Um, I just thought it was a good good time to do it, man. Like, I recently signed my own deal with ADA Warner like a distro deal and then I just said I want to kind of do my own label too and start taking on artists and they were keen on it so yeah I just want to start kind of yeah just building building a label building man that's kind of what I want to do I want to build legacy I want to build other artists legacies and it's just like looking back I guess back to the you know whole Eminem G unit thing kind of watching the the what would you call it the ladder of the labels mm-hmm. too and just how that happened, it would be sick to, you know, sign an artist and they blow up and then who knows, they might sign their own artist. Who knows what, what can happen, you know, depending how you do it. So I'm just excited. So, yeah, start. I've been watching a lot of artists. I've got lots of people to send demos in. So Have you signed anyone behind the scenes yet? Not yet. But okay. after after this out, my album drops, then that will be my priority okay. to sign my first artist. But I have been watching people and then I've got a few people in mind. So hey. Complete's it, looking for so his Lloyd Banks, bro. Come on. Yeah, bro. Yes. <laughs> Give me a Lloyd Banks. Let's go. <laughs> so putting your A&R hat on now, what are you looking for in an artist? I mean, obviously, um, I guess originality and, and stuff is important, but like, yeah. what's your kind of like a checklist, if you could say? Man, so so it's not like I'm just look. I'm not looking for someone like me. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to just get a, a mini complete. Mm-hmm. I just want someone that's driven, very passionate. Whoever I pick, I'm going to have to meet them first because I just want to know them as a person and why they're doing this. And pretty much, man, like it could be any subgenre. It could be drill. It could be grime. It could be, um, it could be like, you know, more of a singy, uh, melodic rapper. Who knows? But as long as they're passionate about what they're doing and the music sounds good and I think it's good, then that's pretty much it, man. And yeah, as long as they're, you know, got their head on mm-hmm. and are hungry, I think that's all it comes down to, how hungry they are and yeah, I guess the potential they show. Mm. Complete's coming for you. Yeah, send your demos in. <laughs> Just yeah, send your demos in, uh, move over, shit. Info at move over, info at move over yeah, yeah, we'll put a little thing down the bottom, yeah, submit yeah. button. But years back, you also uh, signed a drafts label. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. Obviously, a Western Australian Perth Perth legend. So sure. 
How important was it for you um, back then to have someone like Draft who had, you know, a lot more experience in the music industry to tell you how to navigate that, mm. especially as you kind of stepping into that role now on the label side? For sure, man. Like, in Perth, it's like always been very uh, community-based and we've always had SBX looking out for us. We've been very lucky with that, especially, yeah, just, you know, coming up in the scene and business hurdles. They're always there to give advice. and We're all friends, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like our big brothers and... um drafty man he's just been like there for me every point of the way and um yeah it's been you know I'm ve we're very grateful to have people like that in our lives to be able to help us especially when everything's new to us you know and they've just kind of like paved the way to and given us so many opportunities with tours and shows and just like advice that we need and so yeah it's been good man and that's kind of you know what I want to do as well I want to for the next gen just and Perth is very like that. We do. Everyone's kind of close. There's no, there's no, um, you, no one's really jaded or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're happy to help each other out as artists and yeah, everyone to everyone to eat and win. Hundred. Right. While we're talking about draft, then talking about Perth, I have to mention rapper tag, bro. Yeah. Rapper tag. <laughs> what a beast of a rapper tag. Right. Thanks. I wrote man. it down here, bro. You signed, you, you co-signed Perth rappers, just Perth, Western Australia rappers. Western Australia. Western Australian rappers, you co-signed Western Australia for a minute 28 on the track, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. A whole minute 28 full of, full of artists there. For sure. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a rapper from the west side of Australia, bro, because I know it's a little bit different over there. And, yeah. and a little bit about what the scene's like over there right yeah. now, bro. Yeah, man. So when I did that, it was kind of like Perth and WA hip-hop does tend to get overlooked a bit. It's because we're so far, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But even with lots of media stuff and just the conversation, mm -hmm. Perth is not really in it much. And I was like, that's got to fucking change. So I thought, use that opportunity to kind of shine light on it. And hopefully, lots of overeast people checked out these rappers mm -hmm. and might listen to them to this day. And um, yeah, just to, just to show, like, we're doing shit there, you know? We're not just some isolated city in the middle of nowhere. We got talent and yeah, and that was the whole idea of that rapper tag. But um, yeah, it's it's a healthy scene, man. Even right now, like so many dudes doing different stuff, and there's so many subgenres, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's amazing, bro. Healthy, and it was cool. Everyone coming out to that it just shows you how community driven it is. They all, you know, everyone was happy to come out for a night and spend the night with me filming like ten takes, walking in a cold o a cold oval, you know. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I'm grateful to be part of the Perth scene, bro. I think it's. Yeah, really, really healthy and very supportive. And it always has been, and hopefully it still will be for the years to come. Hey, man, yeah. bro. Imagine if you did the uh, rapper tag the same as the last video and you had everyone in the ocean. Like, just uh, <laughs> everyone getting yeah. smashed we're, one we're, after the other, it bro. Wouldn't, it wouldn't have went for a minute 20. There would have been like three rappers <laughs> that probably rocked up. <laughs> I would have been there. It would have ended up like Bondi Rescue, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you gave a lot of cosigns in uh, the rapper tag. So we have a segment on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Give a cosign to an artist that you think, uh, you know, people out there might not know about, uh, might be underrated, underappreciated. Anyone that you'd like to shout out on the uh, Take Flight pod right now. And mm. we know you spent a minute 28 already doing it, Fine. but is there someone who's maybe dropped a song not long ago that deserves a bit more shine right now, bro? Um, I'm trying to think. Besides, because obviously I'm going to go to my own crew straight of away. Course, it's like right. all my boys, Cyclord, Omak, Dexter, Misk, mm. Cog, Sever, Defect, Uncle Sam. Mm. Don't miss anyone? No. Keep it going, bro. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Drop them. Um, but besides my own crew, dudes like Gracie. Mm -hmm. Gracie is a young up-and-comer. He's got an album coming soon. And um, 
he's a beast, very hungry. He, he's been on tour with us a few times and, yeah, I think he's one to watch out for. And, yeah, if you look up Greasy Perth or Greasy Oz online, mm-hmm. check him out. He's Greasy? a beast. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got, like, a very um, – lots of kind of rock-inspired beats and just a sick flow and – Kind of boom bappy, but yeah, check him out. He's dope. All right, yeah. tap yeah. in, greasy bro. Yeah, shout tap out to in. him. Yeah. Speaking of cosigns, uh, we also saw you on Instagram. Uh, you gave a big shout out to Suffer from the Hilltop Hoods. Uh, yep. Can you really explain um, the influence that guys like the Hoods had on you growing up? I mean, you, I know you mentioned you started getting into the Oz Rhapsody mm. in Perth, but you know, Hoods obviously being from South Australia, and I feel like in um, the newer generation, you know. Uh, hit, since hip hop's blown up, it's like they've had a whole new set of uh, role models to look up to, like you know your one fours and yep. and your hooligan hefsters. But sure. for you, what was what was it like? You know, seeing the hoods just smash it and still smash it to today. Yeah, bro. So I guess well, yeah, when I started getting into Aussie hip hop, first it was the perf stuff I heard because people were playing playing on their phones, you know, mm-hmm. just the underground perf stuff. And then that's when I kind of got introduced to the the rest of the stuff. And it was Hilltops, Bias B, mm-hmm. Lyrical Commission. Those were probably, uh, listen, SOTO, those were probably the main ones I started hearing. But, yeah, just seeing the levels that the Hoods took it to, I was like, shit, we can do this in Australia, you know? It was very inspiring. And even to this day, you know, the, the stuff they're doing, like, they're in Europe and UK at the moment. And I saw a lot of footage of their shows. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, we gotta do, we got to do that one day too, you know? So, man, just, yeah, it's been inspiring to watch all them guys, bro, and... Same thing. They've always shown love to us and they're always happy to give advice. All, all them crew. Bias B as well. He's like, you know, an uncle to us or, you know, or brother or whatever. And, um, yeah, always had our back. And, yeah, they just want to see the same shine. So, yeah, it's inspiring, bro. And it still is to this day just watching these dudes kill it. I think mm. that's one thing about Hilltop. And I've had this conversation with Kevin in the past. Like, although they don't get mentioned a lot in the current scene, I guess, of what's popping around here bro they have done a lot and they still do how big are their shows still selling out in Sydney every oh, time yeah. they tour it's 15,000 last time or something Arenas. which is huge bro yeah. huge so you can't deny the fact that they're still absolutely nah. slaying it and the fans are out there bro that's it bro yeah I mean they're just no matter what they do a show it's going to be huge mm-hmm. they drop an album it's going to be huge they've mm-hmm. just cemented themselves as I guess the biggest hip hop act in Australia and you know because there are a little different you know there's more underground stuff but they are just People think Australian hip-hop, especially overseas, mm-hmm. it's usually hilltops, you know? 100%, bro. Yeah. Hey, suffering pressure, come on the pod. Hey, yeah, 100%, <laughs> next up. All right, there's a new complete album on the way. We've yes. heard about it, we've talked about it. What's the status and what can we expect, bro? So, I, was, I, knew, I knew I was going to say some exclusives, but I was like... <laughs> hey, <laughs> take flat exclusives now, on now, the way, now, let's now, go. Like, what I can give you is we're aiming to drop late August. Hectic. And there's about, at the moment, 19 tracks. Oh, wow. big album. Big that, that people haven't, yeah, so I haven't released any of them yet. Okay. So just brand, 19 brand new tracks. And there'll be a few collabs, which I can't really go into too much, but hey. yeah, there, there, there's a few collabs. You got international collabs on yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have we talked about him on the pod today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. We're coming for more exclusives, bro. Oh, no, that's cool, bro. We're all excited to hear it, man. Thanks, like, man. honestly, we could actually talk all day because I feel like there's so much we missed, but we'll be here for hours. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're a little bit hungover after the wedding as well, possibly. Uh, no, just people, people knocking on our door randomly at night. That was what kept us up, but <laughs> as you do, you know. By the way, completed the Fiddler. I don't know if anyone at home what is, is around the Rouse area, but this is iconic to me, Fiddler's hometown. Yeah, bro, yeah. I didn't, yeah. We just came from Rouse Hill. Yes, yeah. bro. Yeah. Could have asked me for a lift. 
not right, far yeah, off. Right? Know, no, no. <laughs> not far off. Well, I thought we were like, yeah, it's, it was driving here in the well, we weren't driving yeah, the yeah. Uber, but um, we're just like, fuck, Sydney's big, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so big, and it just takes so long to get everywhere, bro. Yeah. Bro, it was a hundred and twelve dollar Uber. I was like, oh, what here the we go. Fuck, bro, yeah. bro. All right, so bro. new complete album in August. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what else is on the cards for you on the music side or even on the personal side this year? Like yeah. uh, any goals you'd like to kick off or? All right, so I'm touring hopefully late September. That's kind of the aim after the album in Australia. And then I'd like to, I'm sitting on more music. I've got like some collab stuff in the works, works and that. But the idea is pretty much album, Australian tour, next year, America and Canada tour, mm-hmm. UK and Europe again, more music, Australia tour, or maybe a rural Australia tour this year as well. That'll go hard. And Work just, rate non-stop, and bro. just repeat it, bro, and keep yeah. keep going. Sign some artists and help build them, and yeah, just keep at it, bro, and see where see where the world takes us. But um, really want to try support fifty in Perth too. <laughs> fifty cent yeah. complete. Yeah. Come on, make it happen, yeah. bro. Fifty yeah. cent Jeremiah and complete, bro. Come on, make what it happen. Line up, bro. Uh, before we finish, up, is there any last words for your fans or anyone might be watching, bro? Anything you want to get out yeah. there? Yeah, oh, thanks for your ongoing support. It means the world to me and you know my crew. It's a dream come true being able to live the life I'm living, you know. And yeah, much love. Hope you love the new album and mm. thanks for having us. Nah, bro, appreciate you taking the time to come through while you're out here, yeah. man. All right, that's it. It's complete. It's hey. take flights. 24 karat Kevin, it's your boy Wings. Peace. We out.